on this computer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another post-Mother's Day episode of Fill in the Mic. I, as always, am Darren Michael, and with me, the man who is responsible for reopening the Colonial Pipeline, Mr. Phil Calise. What's going on? The Dude, Colonial thank, Pipeline. Nice. Thank you so much for doing that. You know, I, I spent 40 minutes yesterday waiting in line to fill up my tank. So thank you so much for doing that. You know, I've heard the uh, southern part of the uh, coast is having some issues with the gasoline. How are things going with uh, with that out there? Uh, you know, it's it, it's not it's not like I was panicked about it. You know, it's not like I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, there's going to be a gas shortage. But the way that people act, you don't really have a choice. You know, it's like it's like, OK, I had like 60 miles left and it's like, OK, well, you know, should I get gas? Yeah, yeah I kind of have to. And and like driving around today, literally, I, I, I'll bet you I passed, I probably passed 10 gas stations. None of them even had gas. So I, I guess it was a good thing that I, I sat in line. I know Trisha sat in line for like 20 minutes yesterday, but you know, it's, it's like the silliest thing. It's like, it's like the toilet paper crunch all over again, you know? If you really want to get gasoline more quickly, just drive to Jersey. <laughs> you'll be out of gas, but you'll have plenty of places to uh, to fill up. Because my local gas station, plenty of gas. No you know, it's it's funny because there's there's been some conspiracy theories going around talking about how this was intentional to kind of show that there is a huge need for the Green New Deal, that we need to invest more in electric cars, and thus they had to do something. You know, I, I listen, that's that's a little bit above my pay grade. Um, but whatever the case is, I heard that it's that it's being resolved, which is good. And I look forward to finding out, you know, specifics. I know you can't say anything. I know you're kind of sworn to secrecy right now, but I look forward to it coming out. I mean, it just it, it amazes me how every time there's some kind of crisis, the government calls Phil Calise. And I just, you know, you are just like the man. You just, it's like, it's like, hey, you know what? Where, where is that guy? We need him to solve the world's problems. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> call Phil Kelly. That's it. That's how it works. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So, so you and I have been, you and I have been talking, and uh, and and I've, I've teased you with with a couple things that happened to me this week, and one of them I I know you want to hear because it's, it's just, it's the most ridiculous story you're ever going to hear. But I got, I actually have three things. <clears throat> when, when I'm driving with Brooke, I always, I always am like pointing out all the things with the, the other drivers. Okay. Oh, watch this, watch this, whatever. So I'm, I'm at the light by my house or near my house and I'm in the left turn lane. And, uh, and it was one of those times where, um, you know, it, you got the you got the turn the turn light that goes on and and the regular light and and I'm first in the line, and I see the light turn green, and so I just make my left turn and there's somebody else coming and I'm like banging on the horn, beep, beep, beep. and people are honking back at me and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I looked up and I realized that the green light was for the straight lanes, but not for the mm -hmm. left turn lane. It was still a left, so it was me. It was me. So I was the, the butthead. Um, Listen, I've done else. that before. You've done that Where before you see too. it and like in your peripheral, like you see green, you think go. And then, 
and and the funny thing is, it's, it's one of those lights where it's it's like always the the green arrows are first, and then the other light turns green, except for like this small window during the day where it's the opposite. And that was the window that I was in, and I just wasn't even thinking. So, so butthead of the year right there for me, um, which I thought was pretty funny. I went to lunch the other day with uh, my boss, and it was like it was like 85. It's sunny. It was so great. And we're sitting there, we're eating, and I see these six guys come in, and they're eating inside at a table, and three of them have masks on, and I'm like. Okay, so you got three of the guys that don't have masks, three of the guys that have masks. Nobody else in the restaurant had masks on. I mean, they don't even wear masks in restaurants anymore around here. And I'm like, okay, you know, so these guys are a little paranoid. One guy actually had two masks on. Then their food comes out. The three guys take their masks on, take their masks off, and they're all eating. And I, I said to my boss, I'm like, I'm like, explain to me something. So, so you can catch COVID if you're just sitting there at a table with other people talking to them. But once your food comes and you're still sitting with those guys, you can't catch COVID, right? Because, you know, the, the likelihood of somebody spitting while they're eating and talking is, you know, I mean, how much more likely is that, you know, to happen? So I, I'm sure you've seen stuff like that, too, where it's just like, it's like so ridiculous, you know? I've re I recently was watching a clip on YouTube of a, of a comedian, and um, it's you know, the comedy clubs and stuff are back open, I guess, to some extent. Yeah. And and through the pandemic, they were open in limited capacity. So uh, this comedian, I forget who it was, he's in, uh, he's, he's in either like Seattle or Portland or one of those areas. Yeah. And um, it's a small comedy club. And you see him, he, he, his big shtick is like interacting with the audience. He does a lot of audience stuff. Yeah. Not heckling so much, but he likes to get them involved. And so clearly you, you see him pan out and there's a, there's a guy walking back to his seat and he has his mask on. Yeah. And so uh, the comedian's like, dude, I just want to thank you for wearing your mask around the comedy club. We don't want you to get COVID. It's great that you wore your mask to the bathroom and back. Now that you just took your mask off to listen to me. Now you did catch COVID though, unfortunately. And he was like, that's the unfortunate nature, but we're very happy you didn't catch it to and from the bathroom, which is super important. So like, I mean, you know, no matter where you land on the whole mask wearing thing in terms of like, um, like how important it is or whatever, it, it is just so many ironic moments where yeah. you're, 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 you're wearing your mask, but you're you're also not wearing your mask in the same setting, but yet it's like whatever is socially accepted at the moment. So to your point, you have to walk around a restaurant with it. Meanwhile, you're most likely walking around a restaurant by yourself near no one, probably going to the bathroom. Probably. And then yeah. you're also walking back. And then as soon as you sit near people, you're taking it off. So it's like <laughs> it's the funniest thing, right? Right. Or you, yeah, uh, so, or, yeah. or, you know, or the other day I'm, um, I'm driving around and I see somebody biking with a mask and oh, a visor on and a visor on. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? You know, no, don't, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Man. We could do a whole episode on it. We really, we really could. The fact of the matter is if you need, if, if, if it's so important to get the vaccine, then why do you have to wear a mask? That's all I'm saying. But I'm so, you. uh, anyway, Anyway, so I want to, I want to move into the, uh, 
kind of get get into my next story by sharing the screen, if that's okay with you. And let me know yeah, if you can see away. that screen, okay? Oh yeah. All right. Oh, cat so, man. so you can see it right there, man. I, I finally I paid I paid Aubrey five dollars to get this shot for me. It's it's as clear as can be. There is my man with his cat on an extra long leash. Come on, man. Cat man. You 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 almost can't even believe it unless you see it. But then again, you know what? It it kind of it kind of makes me think. I wonder why there's not more people that have cats on leashes. I mean, they are they're animals, right? You don't want them to run off. Right? I mean, yeah, I suppose. It's odd. It's but, still an odd scene because we're not used to seeing it. It is. It is. So so let me get into my final Batman, story. I like it. I'm gonna get into my final story and then we'll this, we'll move on. This one is the one I gotta hear about. Yeah, hear about yeah. So so I'm at a I'm at a restaurant the other day, and it's a Mexican restaurant, and I go there and I place my order and you know how they're usually pretty quick. And I, mm. there was a, a grocery store next door. So I went and I, and I picked up a few things and all that I got was um, I got, you know, something for Brooke. So it was like a quesadilla with like a couple sides and, and a small side of guacamole. And I get in there and they're, you know, and they, they hand me the, the, the thing. And then, you know, and I, I pay for whatever. And I'm like, can you print me out the receipt? Something doesn't seem right. Like the quesadilla was six fifty, and you're charging me seventeen dollars. Like where did that come from? So turns out the 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 guacamole, the side of guacamole that I asked for was five was five fifty, and I'm like, I'm like, listen, all I wanted was just like a little tiny tiny side, individual side of guacamole. I didn't want this big thing, so I just you know, that's what I want. He goes, well, we don't offer that, and I said, okay, well then just take it off the bill. He's like, okay, well, you know, I have to get my manager. Fine, fine, get your manager. So the manager comes out and uh, wait, wait, not, I gotta stop you. Yeah. How big was this guacamole that they were charging five fifty? It was, it was like, you know, you know, like, like you're, you're, you're talking like when you think about a side, like you go to a Mexican restaurant, you say, hey, I like a side of guacamole. You figure like, like a little tiny, like a little cup, like a little yeah, cup. Yeah. Well, this was not a little cup. This was a bigger cup. I don't know how else to say. It. I would say it was like. It was, I would say, probably like four or five of those little cups. Okay. And two. Okay, that's probably about the size. So, so I said to him, like, listen, I just, I just wanted a little tiny side. I didn't want this one. And he goes, well, that's all we have. And I said, are you telling me that you don't have like a tiny side? Like, if I came in here and I said, hey, I would like a side of guacamole with my meal, you would charge me five fifty for a side of guacamole, even though I just wanted like a couple spoonfuls. And he goes, yeah, it's just the way it is. And I said, well, th then I don't want it. I don't want it. It's just, it's too much. I don't need all that guacamole. It's just one person eating it. They don't, you know, and uh, he wasn't real, real nice. So he kind of, he grabs the guacamole and he kind of like, like, like slams it down. Not too hard, but you know, like, like he was pissed. Right. And so, uh, so he hands me the new receipt and I go, I go, how do I know that my other one's refunded? He goes, he goes, check with your bank. And I'm like, I'm like, my man, I don't like your attitude. And he goes, yeah, I don't like your attitude. And I said, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is that how you speak to customers? And he goes, I'm going to paraphrase it because there was a lot of four letter words used, but basically he said, I don't care. And I, you know, and then I said something to him and he said something back to me. And then I'm just, I'm just super pissed off. So I tried reaching for the guacamole because I was going to throw it on the floor and he grabs it before I could reach it. 
So then I see off to the side, I see that there is a, um, a bottle of sanitizer. So I take it and I just throw it on the ground or throw it off to the side just to prove my point, right? And I grab my food and I'm walking away. And as I'm walking away, boom, something smacks me on the back. All right. <laughs> okay. The manager took the guacamole, threw it through a crowded lobby and hit me in the back with the guacamole. All right. There were seven people sitting there. It was a party of seven. They were waiting for their table to get done. Okay. A couple of the people got hit by guacamole. There was a big splotch of guacamole on the wall. And, uh, and the guy like chases me out of the restaurant. Right. So I ended up, I ended up calling the police. The police actually came and it turns out, it turns out that it's my fault because I'm the one that knocked over. It's on video. I'm the one that knocked over the hand sanitizer. And that was, that was uh, viewed as uh, a form of aggression on my part. So he was retaliating against me. Even though the, the cop is like, the cop was like, listen, man, I mean, there's, there's nothing. He said to the manager, he's like, listen, there, there's, there's nothing that really can be done here. But I mean, are you kidding me? Like, really? You threw guacamole at a customer? Is that really how you run the restaurant? <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was, um, that was the situation. I've yeah. never had that happen to me. I mean, you know, listen, there, I've worked in, in restaurant business and so many, so many of us have, and, you know, you know, you get mad at customers all the time and, and, and I understand that he got angry, but he came at me with an attitude and the stuff that he was saying to me, I, I cannot even believe that you would say that to somebody. So if, uh, if you're ever in the Alpharetta, Georgia area, and you want to go to seven tequilas, Mexican restaurant, I would have to advise against it because, um, their customer service, I'm going to have to say is probably, I would deem it not very good. I thought this story was going to end with some punches flying and oh oh listen jumping I, over the I, I tried i tried i mean he he literally came out the door and i go i go come on tough guy come on hit me come on come on. i was trying to get him to hit me honestly honestly um but uh it didn't didn't work out that way he was just such, he was such a jerk and then the, the 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 best thing about the story i even left part of it out so when i when i took that that hand sanitizer and i grabbed it and i threw it on the ground it actually hit the what leg. What made you do that? I was just what pissed. And I, I just, just pissed. And I just wanted to kind of, for effect, you know, I wanted to see how angry I was. <laughs> and so it actually hit, it actually hit the, um, the, the host who was probably some teenage kid. It hit him like on the leg or something, you know, when I threw it. And you can see, I guess on the video, you can see I was looking right at the manager. And when I, when I hit, I kind of like took it and just threw it off to the side when I was looking at him. So I didn't know where I was throwing it. So the kid comes out at the, at the very end and he's like, listen, I talked to my parents and uh, they think that I should press charges. And I'm like, what? You're, 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 you want to press charges against me because I accidentally hit you on the leg with some sanitizer? I'm like, I'm like, what is going on in this world? Right. So only. Only me. I'm at that moment. I'm thinking to myself. I'm like. I'm like. Great. This whole thing is backfired on me. I leave the restaurant covered in guacamole, and I'm going to be leaving in handcuffs. I mean, what the hell is going on in this world? What? A, Dude. Oh my god. And then what did you say to him? 
I, I, he goes, he's like, he's like, he, he, go, he said to the cop, he goes, he didn't even apologize. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm sorry. And he goes, well, that's not an apology. And I go, listen, I go, I'm sorry that I accidentally hit you with the sanitizer. You were no way were meant to kind of be in the crossfire here. And I like stuck out my, 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 you know, fist, like I was going to give him. And he goes, respectfully, I don't accept your apology. And then he walks away and I'm like, what is wrong with people? I mean, like, like, oh my God. All I wanted was my food. All I wanted was to get the guacamole taken off. That's all I wanted. And I ended up, not only did I get it taken off, I got it put on me. I mean, what the hell? So I, I don't know, man. Wow. I, wow. I don't know. I mean, listen, in my old age, I, I've gotten to be very cynical, very bitter. You know, you know, some guys go through, like, I think I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm not the midlife crisis that, that goes out and buys the expensive sports car. I'm the midlife crisis that just gets very angry. I think I'm just an angry person. <laughs> you know, and maybe that's years of, of being a Jets and Orioles fan. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, so, so, so that's my story. I don't know if that's what you expected to hear, but that was, uh, when was it? you sent me the picture Right. You sent me the picture and you said, I'm going to save the story for the next podcast. And I guess of all the things, I didn't think you were going to tell me the manager threw guacamole at you. Yeah. 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 I thought it was going to be a hilarious reason why you ended up with that. But that's not I mean, what I thought it was going to be. I mean, literally, literally, it was five feet away and he hit other people. It, it, bounced, it hit me square in the back. And it bounced off and it hit, it just like exploded on the wall on people. I mean, I'm just like, what did you, when you, when you, so you walk out and you get hit, you're not expecting to get hit. What did you do in that moment? I mean, I, I like said something. I, I mean, I was like, you know, I mean, what, what, it's such a blur. I, I'm sure I used some foul language or I, I said something really loud so that people in the restaurant would kind of hear me and, and see what's going on. Like, like, you know, what kind of place this is where the manager throws guacamole at you? And I like, you know, and I was like showing the people in the restaurant and stuff. And then I just kind of, as I was walking out, I kind of, I, I leaned back against the door and I started like rubbing my, rubbing my shirt on it. So there's like a, a huge thing of guacamole, like on the door itself. And, and it was funny because when the cops did show up and we went back in like 15, 20 minutes later, the guacamole was still on the wall. And the guacamole was still on the door. The guy hadn't. <laughs> and the cop comes in, right? And and the um, the host is like, yeah, he's in the back. And and the guy is in the back. And he's like, he's like, come on. And the cop's like, no, no, you come here. And it was stuff like, I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with this place? So wow. anyway, anyway, it's a anyway, funny story. Is it is it wrong if I go from the guacamole? Now I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but our first topic tonight is Albert Pujols. And just because he's Hispanic, I don't want you to connect the guacamole with with Albert Pujols. But but I wanted your your thoughts on on Pujols because uh, basically he was he was cut. I mean, the, the, the Angels cut him and, and for good reason. He's just not a good player anymore. And it looks like that's his career. So, I mean, I got all kinds of stats on him that we can go over. But but just offhand, I mean, Albert Pujols in the in the grand scheme of baseball, you know, where do you think he ranks? I mean, is he is he truly one of the greatest first basemen of all time? Yeah, I mean, he had a, I want to say a 10 or 12 year period, mostly with the Cardinals, yep. um, where he was uh, the most dangerous hitter. Yeah. Is how I would describe Albert Pujols. 
when I saw him come to the plate because he hit for such a high average, yep, he could beat you any which way. He wasn't your like slugger who's going to strike out or hit a home run. He's going to either hit a double or a home run. Yeah. Or even yeah. get a big base hit the other way. Like he's going to beat you every which way you could get beat. Yep. Um probably the most fascinating thing and I mean he is 41 years old, so he's not this era of player, but he spanned this era of strikeout kings. He does not strike out for a slugger. Um no. very very low total. So when I think of Albert Pujols, I mean again, you know, a scary dangerous hitter. Um probably the best hitter in baseball for for five of those 10 years that he was at the top of his game um played for a historic franchise so he was a household name i think he won at least one ring with the cardinals maybe two mm. um i think he i think he won at least one um just yeah i mean he's a first ballot hall of famer that if Freud doesn't end up getting tied to him in any meaningful way when the writers yeah you know, get to select him in five years, he should be a hundred percent. Like I know they never yeah. really do that, but there's no reason not to make him a unanimous hall of fame guy to me. And I'm a, I'm a tough grader, but he's a no brainer. Yeah, he, he really is. And it's, it's funny because, you know, if, if you look at his career, you can actually put it, you can, you can just kind of cut it in half and it's, it's kind of like his NL career and his AL career. And the funny thing is, in the last 10 years, you know, the first 11 years he played with the Cardinals, he made $94 million. His last 10 years, he made $240 million. And granted, they signed him after he was 30, and it was a 10-year contract. So you knew that things were probably going to, you know, going to taper off. Um, you know, but, I mean, his his body gave out. I mean, he's been injured so many times over the last 10 years. But, but I just want to give you some of the numbers uh, of his of his Cardinals career versus the the Angels, and let's be honest, after his car, if he had retired after the Cardinals, he would still be in the Hall of Fame. In eleven mm-hmm. years, he he batted three twenty eight. He had four hundred and forty five home runs and thirteen hundred and twenty nine RBIs. Okay, that was in eleven years. I mean, just ridiculous numbers. With the Angels, in ten years, he batted two fifty six, two hundred and twenty two home runs, seven hundred eighty three RBIs. So you're talking about a guy that, that went from averaging, what, 40 home runs, 125 RBIs to a guy that averaged 22 home runs and 78 RBIs. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, huge difference. And you know what? The funny thing is he was – and I, I know when a, one of the stats that we talk about is war, where we don't really understand how they calculate it. War! He, his, <laughs> I know. What is it? Um, but his war was 99.9 going into this season. And he's going to finish his career at 99.4. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, all you need is a 0.1 war. That's it to get to a hundred. Um, but some of his all-time numbers are pretty crazy. And I just wanted to kind of go through a couple of them with you. He's in the top 15 of virtually every category. It's, it's really crazy. He's number five in total bases at just under 6,000. Number five in doubles with 669. Number five in home runs with 667. Number three in RBIs at 2,112. Um, he's number two in intentional walks with 313. He's number one all time in grounding into the most double plays at 403. So congratulations there. 
and he's number 14 all time in number of outs made. He's made 8,232 outs. So not all of his stats are great, but, but overall, I mean, just absurd numbers when you think about it. I mean, could you imagine if he was, you know, not half the player, if he was 75% of the player, I mean, we might be looking at him at, at the all-time home run record right now. At his, at his best, you could, you could put two, two of these guys together and come up with Albert Pujols. At his best, he hit for the, he hit for average like Tony Gwynn. And he had the power of like Manny Ramirez. Like, but he combined that into one player. I mean, that's how good Albert Pujols was. Like he, he would just absolutely, I mean, he hit 350 a bunch of times. Like yeah. this dude yeah. was a incredible batting average guy. Didn't strike out, but then hit the home runs of any slugger. Crazy, crazy career. I wish for me, he wouldn't have hung on as long as he did. I know he was yeah. collecting a gigantic check, but it bothers me that a guy who was like a 330 hitter for most of his career yeah. is going to finish under 300 for his career. Because Isn't that just, crazy? Yeah, he hung on for years. five or six years too long. Yeah, but yeah. Kudos to a great, great career. But just an, an unbelievable player. I agree. First ballot Hall of Famer. And I think he may he may go down as, as one of the greatest greatest first baseman ever i know i know when he was in the american league he played a lot of of dh because he wasn't you know right. necessarily the greatest fielder in the world but um but yeah i mean he's gonna he's gonna be up there with with some of the greats i know i i know personally when i think of greatest first baseman i think lou gehrig is probably the greatest first baseman of all time and his career was cut short um but pujols is is definitely right up there so congratulations on a great career and yeah, five years, we will, we will hundred percent see him and, and how anybody could vote to not elect him into the hall of fame. I, I, I don't really understand unless they're saying, well, you know, Hey, his, his second half of his career wasn't as good as the first half. The first half was hall of fame worthy. So, you know, to me, it doesn't even make a difference, but anyway, so, uh, so that's Albert Pujols. Did you know Willie Mays turned 90? Say, Hey kid. Like, 90. you know, for some reason, I don't, I don't look at him like he's like he's 90 years old, but you know, this was the guy that he was, he was legitimately like the first five, five tool player. I mean, this guy could feel this guy could hit this guy could run. I mean, it was unbelievable what he could do. I wanted to give you some of his stats because they truly are pretty disgusting. And you don't, I don't think you necessarily realize how good he was until you, until you hear some of these things, you know, we all know he, he had uh, almost 3,300 hits, 660 home runs, and he batted 302. I mean, those are phenomenal, phenomenal numbers right there. He had a 156 war. I don't even know what war is yet, but number five, <laughs> number five all time behind who? Ruth, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, and Barry Bonds. Not bad company. He was a 12 time gold glove winner. He was a two-time MVP. He was rookie of the year. And the most impressive stat of his, he was a 24-time All-Star. Who even plays 24 years? But it makes you wonder, he was only a two-time MVP. Yeah. Yeah, right? That is that is interesting, you know. Is it is it was he just let me ask you this, man. Was he just a compiler? Does that make him a a compiler that was just a great player? 
I mean, if he played 24 years and had 660 home runs and 3,283 hits, you know, those numbers aren't necessarily, I mean, what is that? 150 hits a year, you know? So maybe that's not as impressive, but, but I mean, it was a, it was a different, it was a different time, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's a great, great player. Yeah. But when I, when I think of him, he's a little bit of a compiler, but I mean, great player. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I think of him, I, I, I truly think of a guy that literally could do everything. And I think he was the first guy uh, of his kind that could, you know, you know, you, you know, like we talked about, I mean, you see the power hitters and you have some of them that do hit for average, but what, how many of them hit for average and can run and can feel, well, I mean, for, for, for a long time, I mean, um, you know, in New York city, you had Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, and Duke Snyder all playing center field in a, in two of them were sharing a borough in New York and one had the Bronx to himself. So, I mean, they were the three best center fielders all in the same city. Pretty amazing. And I mean, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle stacked up pretty well against each other. Uh, Pretty, both pretty incredible talents. I know that's a, depending on who you rooted for back then, there's a lot of mantle guys and a lot of maze guys. Oh yeah. Um, And I don't think you could go wrong with either one of them. They're all pretty great. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Willie may, they actually both came up at the same time, but Mays played into the mid seventies. Whereas uh, Mantle's last year, I think was 68. Yeah. Mantle drank himself to death. Yeah. Yeah. And Mantle, Mantle's been gone for a long time. He died young and uh, somehow Willie Mays is, is still kicking around. So pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Now, Last week in baseball, we also had something very interesting happen, and that is we had the third and fourth no-hitter of the season, which is incredible yeah. since we're, I mean, we're, what, six weeks into the season? We've already had four no-hitters. Um, you know, the interesting thing was that Wade Miley pitched the second no-hitter, and it, it, those of you that, that know who Wade Miley is, he's a former Oriole that they decided not to sign this year. So, of course, he was so excited to get out of Baltimore he pitched no hitter for the Reds, but not, not really a great player. He's just one of those guys that just goes to show that, you know, you know, just like we, we say that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. It's the same thing with pitching. I mean, if you, you might just have it, I mean, these guys are so good that one day you just might have it. The other team just doesn't hit you. And I think that's what Wade Miley had. And, and the big one that I wanted to mention though was John means who is an Oriole. And not only did he pitch a, a no hitter, he actually, the interesting thing about his no-hitter is he, he struck out 12. He walked zero. He only faced 27 hitters the entire game, which is a perfect game. But somebody got on base due to a wild pitch. So, you know, an unbelievable performance. I think the, the, rank, the rating out of, uh, out of 100, I think he scored like a 99.9, something like that, or 99 out of 100, 99 out of 100. So, and, and this is a guy, and I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, he was an all-star two years ago when he was a rookie, you know, cause you know, you got to pick an all-star from every team. So he was the guy. And last year he had a terrible, uh, terrible abbreviated season, but this guy has literally been as hot as anybody this year. I mean, the only, you know, there's only, the only guy that I can probably say is, has been better than him is probably DeGrom, but DeGrom is better than everybody. I mean, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw that coming. I mean, I mean, are you are you amazed at what John Means is doing? Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's having a great season. Um, 
and I know we were joking yesterday. They faced the Mets and they pulled them um, to pinch hit because they were in the National League Park and what have you. Um, And he was throwing another shutout. So he backed up his no hitter with another six innings of, you know, scoreless work. Um, You know, he's having a great year. Um, You're seeing this theme in baseball, though. Teams are hitting for very low averages. Yep. Yep. And teams are combining low batting averages with the home run total is down drastically. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's down like over a hundred for the same day last year at this time. I think a couple, yep. as of a couple of days ago, home runs in major league baseball are down well over a hundred for the, for the league. Um, and major league baseball said that was purposeful. They were trying to, they said they basically juiced the balls the last few years. Um, they, they basically had them wound tighter and tighter to simulate, I guess, what was the steroid era from 20 years running instead of players being juiced. Now they, in essence, were juicing the balls, um, yep. but they wanted to uh, balance out the playing field a little bit. So whatever they did with the baseballs has had a major effect because, you know, home runs are way down. So, you know, when you combine home runs being down, with the approach hitters have at the plate now, which is, you know, lots, lots of strikeouts more than ever. It's still going up, but now left home runs mm-hmm. batting average have stayed in the toilet. Even your best hitters. I mean, very few guys even hit over 300 anymore. I know. So the offensive game is, is kind of down to begin with um, Four no hitters in the first month of baseball. I mean, like, and by no name guys, you know, uh, it's anything's possible, but it's hitting is not pretty right now in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's making, I think it's making pitching look even better and the pitching. I mean, we've all, and we, we've said it for years, how, how watered down the pitching is, you know, you get, you know, you might no. get a couple, couple good pitchers on your, on your, uh, on your team. But besides that, the rest of them are, are normally garbage. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the the back half of the rotation guys look like they've been pitching really well this year. So I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe it is the ball. Maybe that's what the problem is. I I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say. The, yeah, I mean, listen, the 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 baseball it's the major league baseball went out of their way to say it. They said they were going to make it so that home runs were harder to hit. Yeah. And it when when you're down over a hundred year over year it's worked. I mean, clearly they said it and it's working. Um, you know, so I, I'm not a, I mean, I love baseball. I, it's my favorite sport to watch, even though football is, I think obviously more exciting. I'm just a baseball guy. I've always been a huge fan. Yeah. The baseball product is hard to watch right now for me because, you know, I, we talked about it before, but the shifting that goes on I know. and they don't know how to hit away from the shift. So you see them just keep grounding right into the shift and you're like dude you're hitting 192 and they're giving you a half a field do something like bunt do anything uh, uh, anything right like and they just hit right into the shift and they're like ho-hum here's another ground ball i rolled over to the second baseman who's really playing 20 feet into the outfield the shortstop's playing over in second the third baseman's playing the base i'm like <laughs> it's just know. but you know, it's fine. Like if the defense wants to play that way because you keep hitting it that way and you don't make an adjustment, you're the idiot. Like it's like, you know, 
drives me crazy. Listen, you, drives me crazy. you bunt a couple times and there goes the shift. Could you imagine Tony Gwynn hitting in today's baseball? I mean, first of all, they wouldn't be able to shift for Tony Gwynn because he would just hit it in that spot every time. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the lost art of back control. And yeah, like, yeah. you know, to hit a ball where you want to hit it, it's like, it's crazy. It was, yeah. it was Gwynn and Boggs, those guys that were just studs in the, in the eighties and nineties. I mean, those, those two guys used to, I mean, they were legendary for being able to hit the ball where they wanted to, you know? So it's, you know, and I, yeah. I understand, you know, ball, maybe balls are coming in faster. I, I don't know where there's, I, I, I don't they think. They do say that's a factor. They do say the average pitcher is throwing a lot harder and the hard guys are throwing a lot harder than even the hard guys were years ago. Uh, whatever, man. Like, I, I just, to me, I, I don't buy it. Yeah. So, so you're early on everything. I mean, I, you know, you can't, I mean, yeah, it's, you can't delay you your swing by a, a tenth of a second. So this became a ramp, but you know what else? Oh, I can't stand. I watch a lot of Met games, so I'm seeing it more through the Mets and whoever they're playing. But I've never seen more hitters guessing on yeah. pitches that they think are coming and then taking fastballs right down the middle with two strikes. Yeah, I've seen that too. Whatever happened to the adage that, okay, you have to look fastball and adjust to off speed because if you look for off speed and a fastball comes, you're beat. There's no shot. And you see more hitters with two strikes freeze up on a pitch right down the middle, 93 right down the middle, and they just take it and walk back to the dugout. I'm like, you would have been mercilessly embarrassed 20, 30 years ago. If you took strike three right down the middle because you were guessing curveball and a fastball came, they all do it now. All of them, the best hitters, they all do it, and they'd have no problem walking back to the dugout. Like, oh, okay. Not even a big deal. Not even a big deal. Not even a big deal. I'm like, dude, it drives me crazy. I'll be watching games with Dominic. I'm like, this is what you can't do. I'll be like, you can't do that. No, you cannot guess on a curveball and then take a fastball right down the middle. I'm like, you look the other way. You always look fastball and adjust. Yeah. I'm like, drives me crazy. But hey, listen, man, I, 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 I can appreciate you know you 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 doing that and uh, and teaching your eight year old son because you know I'm sure he's seeing all kinds of curveballs. I heard, I heard he saw. He's been seeing a lot of split fingered, and uh, I saw. I heard he 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 saw a uh, knuckle curve the other day from a from a, a mean seven year old on the other team. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. They t- <laughs> the kids talk about it. They're like, "Coach, uh, I'm going to throw a slider tomorrow," and I go, "You don't even throw a good fastball yet." I go, "Take it, take it down." <laughs> you can't even get the ball I over the plate out. consistently. Yeah. Let's let's just like, focus on that. Before we before we learn a slider, we're going to learn to hit the corners. We're going to learn a two-seam and a four-seam fastball. Take it easy, buddy. I'm oh like, take it God. easy. Like, All right, coach, I'm going to try to throw a slider. No. I love it. I love it. That's hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. So so big news today that the uh, the NFL schedule came out, and, and I didn't even really look into it. I know you looked into it a little bit. Was there anything that kind of that kind of jumped out at you as far as the schedule was concerned? Um, well, besides the fact that it's COVID 17 games now. 17 games. You got to start right there. 17 games. That's right. Um, You know that um, COVID is over, I guess, because the NFL is going back to play in London. So I guess that means with international games, COVID's over. So good news for everyone. Go home, take the mask off, take a deep breath, cough in your neighbor's face. No, Um, COVID's over. Um, On a, on a slightly, 
personal level, the Jets open with the Panthers because the NFL has a sense of humor. Yeah. So week one, the Jets <laughs> travel to Sam, Sam Darnold and the, the baby blue Carolina Panthers. So there's that. Um, very intriguing opening Thursday night. As you know, the, the Super Bowl champs open and hoist the trophy, uh, ho- hoist the banner, I should say, the opening Thursday of the NFL season. So it's Tampa, of course. And who's coming into Tampa? None other than my Super Bowl prediction from last year, the Cowboys. Hopefully healthy. Hopefully healthy with a healthy Dak. But uh, oh, gosh. yeah, so I thought that I thought that was an interesting opening matchup. That is funny. Um, yeah, I mean that that's an interesting matchup. Um, the um, there's I mean there's a couple things you know to look out for. The NFL tries to get creative. I, I find it funny. I saw the Jets schedule and I'm not a fan of this, but I got to say, I, I didn't realize when the, um, when the NFL went to the 17 game season, I thought part of the idea of the 17th game was to go to two bye weeks in a season. And they're not doing that. They're not, they're just throwing an extra game on them. I thought they were, I thought there was two bye weeks and they were trying to elongate the season push the Super Bowl deeper into February because we know February is a dead, dead time of year. Yeah. And that's what I thought they were. That's what I thought they were doing, but they're not. So like, for instance, the Jets happen to have the sixth week is their bye week. That's crazy. They're going to be, they're going to so play 11, 11 straight more games. Yeah. You know, like that's tough. Like I, I, I just was, I, I thought there was two bye weeks. So I, I got to admit, I, I thought that was part of the selling point of this whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. it would have made think, sense. I think that, yeah, I think that's a little crazy. Um, another thing I always think is like quirky when your division game, like you don't play a team in your division until twice late in the year. Like you play this light jet, like the Jets play the Buffalo Bills in November for the first time. That's <laughs> stupid. Like it's your division. Why would you play in November for the yeah. first time against your division? So I think yeah. that's always a little bit wacky. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, oh, another big one is Mr. Brady back to Foxborough week four. Nice. Nice. So that's fun. Obviously that's gotta be a crazy scene going back to Foxborough for Tom Brady. See now, I I so, thought that I thought it would have been interesting if the opening game would have been the Patriots coming down to Tampa Bay as Tampa Bay but celebrates in, but the Super in Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that now but that would have been interesting. That, yeah, that that's something they can't do anything about. And I gotta just tell you this because it, you get a kick out of this. So anybody that wants to go on and just click on opening week NFL, there's already spreads on the games. Stop it. Are you serious? There's already spreads on the games. If you like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opening night, Thursday night against the Cowboys, right now you could take Tampa and lay six and a half points, baby. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You know? How wow. is their spread yet? You know, I wow. think that's just absolutely bananas. Um, as a like a like a a schedule geek, I've always been a fan of the NFL schedule. Yeah, I always yeah. do three things when the schedule comes out. I always look at the Thursday night game, the opening game, because you just, you know, you, you know that the, the champs are there. You just want to see who they put them against. 
I always look at the Jets schedule and do the stupid thing where I'm like, they're going to win this one, lose this one, win this one. <laughs> Meanwhile, I should just say they're going to lose most of them. And then the other thing I always do myself is I always go to the Thanksgiving Day schedule. Yeah. I always yeah. like to see, okay, on Thanksgiving Day, who's I know who's playing. You know, the, the it's Lions, always the same the teams. Play. That's right. But but I want to see, you know, the third game is the, is a different one. And I want to see who the Lions and Cowboys are playing. So this is a little bit. The first game is a little bit traditional. It's the Bears and Lions. That's a that's probably one of the most common Thanksgiving Day games. Bears. Oh Lions. yeah. Oh yeah. The, ne- the next game has the uh, the John Gruden, the Chucky face, coming into Dallas to play the Cowboys. Um, and then a, an interesting final game because you don't see these two teams on Thanksgiving that often. The incredibly talented Buffalo Bills go travel to uh, the Drew Brees list Saints. Interesting. It could be the it could be the Ian Book led Saints from a couple of articles I've been <laughs> reading. I'm like I'm like I don't know about that man, but I've read a few articles that like Ian Book's got a shot to win the job there. And then what? I looked at who the quarterbacks are. Well, the quarterback's J- famous Jameis Winston. Yep. And you know, famous Jameis, he puts everybody in the game. He throws touchdowns and interceptions <laughs> to everyone. My, my so, man is an equal rights quarterback. That's what he is, man. It doesn't, that's doesn't it. matter what color your uniform is. He's throwing it to you. So, yeah, I, I yeah. love that. And ta- what about Taysom Hill, man? He, he could be a yeah. starter, too. Well, Taysom Hill and Tim Tebow are going to go battle out for worst quarterback slash tight end <laughs> slash whatever. <laughs> We we got to do twenty seconds on your boy Urban Meyer bringing Tebow back oh, into the Jags. Oh, you you know you know that I want to. You know that I want to. It's a great segue because you know it's 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 interesting, and I know that there's a lot of talk, and and a lot of this has been whoa, you're you know Tebow hasn't played in nine years. Why aren't you bringing Kaepernick? And you know, and it's like, all right, Tebow's a good guy. Everybody loves Tebow. Kaepernick, you know, everybody hates Kaepernick. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but. But the funny thing is about this whole Tebow thing is, you know, now he's saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to come in there and I'm going to play tight end. And the only thing that I'm saying is, why the hell weren't you doing this a dozen years ago? Why didn't why why didn't you initially? You know what? You probably you probably would have had like a, nice, a tight end. He's he's huge. He's like six three two fifty. The guy's still huge, and and it's like, okay, why didn't you come into the league as that? You know, you know, and and you look at you look at he's a bigger Taysom Hill. You know, where he's he's kind of a jack of all trades. You know, he, there's things that he could do that could make him dangerous, but he should have been a tight end in the beginning. You know, a 48% completion guy in the NFL isn't going to last, you know. And granted, he did win a playoff game, which is pretty impressive. Um, but but still, you know, so the fact that he's coming in there after nine years, I mean, let's be honest, he and Urban Meyer have a special relationship. And, you know, the things that he did for Urban Meyer while he was there and helped him win. I mean, I think he, he won two rings while while Tebow was there. You know, Tebow probably called him up and said, listen, I hooked you up. Now, now, now be a buddy and, and come on, bring me in, hook me up. Now, what they what people don't understand is that this in no way means that he's going to make the team. I mean, you sign a contract. It doesn't mean that you're, you're going to make the team. And from what I understand, they have five tight ends already in camp. So he's the sixth one. So, you know, is this guy in good shape? I would say probably yes. Cause I think he's always in good shape. I think he's just a workout machine, but you know, is he in good enough shape? Does he have the, the ability? I mean, you're talking about a position that he's never played before, a sport that he hasn't played at that high level in nine years. 
And so he's going to go from being a quarterback nine years later to on the biggest stage, the NFL being a tight end. If anybody can do it, I'm going to say that Tim Tebow can do it, but I I'm not convinced that he's going to make that team. Um, but we'll see. It would be a great story if he did. And I mean, personally for me, I mean, he's already tried football. He's already tried uh, baseball. I was thinking hockey next. Can he skate? I like Tim Tebow. I want to preface the statement I'm about to make. I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. Drop I, the hammer. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I like Tim Tebow. There's nothing not to like about the person, Tim Tebow. Great There's guy. nothing not to like about the competitor in, in him. Um, I watched him a bunch with the Mets, and yep. he didn't embarrass himself, which I thought was incredible, just to show how talented he is. I mean, he hit some home runs. He, he didn't fall flat on his face. He complete, He looked ridiculous because he looked too muscular to be a baseball player. <laughs> but that was just <laughs> a side note. Um, but I got to say, like, it's time for Tim Tebow to go away. Yeah, it, yeah. It's time. I, he he does a good job with the network, with the SEC network. I, does, I don't mind listening to him do 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 all the sports stuff, dude. It's not even just it's it's you haven't played football in a really long time, but you've never played tight end, and and like at some point, I do feel like it's time for him to just accept. It just didn't pan out. It's Your professional over. career just didn't pan out, dude. Like the fact that he's in phenomenal shape, we know he's in phenomenal shape. But th- it takes a lot more. They're all in phenomenal shape. Like yeah. he's not, yeah. he's not, he's not going to make the team as a tight end. It, I'm sure it's fine. Like he's he's a good dude, so he's not going to be a not going to make a spectacle. He's not going to be like. But guess what? You're Tim Tebow back in your hometown. You are going to draw a lot of attention away from you know, Lawrence and the young team that they have. And even if he doesn't mean anything by it, and I don't think his heart's in the wrong place, you are in essence, a bit of a distraction Mm. while you're there because you're not out in like Buffalo doing this or out on the West coast. You're in your home city. That's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, it's like, dude, it's time to be done with football. You're not going to help the team. Like Urban Meyer's doing this as a favor to him, but he's not going to help the team. Oh, there's no he's doubt. He's not going to be no a starting tight end in the NFL. So it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, but what what if he what if somehow he actually is? What if he's just like uh, a phenomenal player? Like 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 what? Ha- I mean, I mean seriously, you know, it's it's Tim Tebow. The guy is going to work harder than anybody else out there. I mean, what what? What if the first knows, play, right? What what if he makes the team and the first play all of a sudden it's a halfback toss to Tebow who then throws a bomb for a touchdown? <laughs> Let's go. Let's get Tim Tebow's big left arm right in the mix. That would be I think that would be pretty awesome. You know, let's Dude. be honest. I'd root by the way, I say all that to say if he actually made the Jaguars, I'd root for him. Yeah. Hey, I listen, like I I would I would love to see it. I would love to see it. But you know, now that's a that's a, a f- I think that's a fun story to follow and see what's going on. The story that's not so much fun is the Aaron Rodgers Packers story. Is is this mm-hmm. one of those things? Like, listen, remember remember we talked about it last year, and it was it was okay, great. Why the heck did they draft a quarterback in the first round? 
And we talked about how, you know, hey, how is Aaron Rodgers going to, how's it going to affect him? And it was, it was, there was two things. It was one, it was either going to just ruin him or two, it was just going to, he was just going to have an unbelievable career. And of course, knowing Aaron Rodgers, the way that, that, that we do, as far as seeing him play, he had an unbelievable season. He ended up winning NFL MVP. And so is it a situation where he was just like, all right, I'm going to show them, I'm going to stick it to them. And then I'm just going to leave. I mean, is, is this relationship that far past the point of no return. I mean, I, I know the other day that they mentioned that they were going to double his salary, make him the highest paid quarterback from 21 million to 42 million, something like that. Is this a relationship that can even be repaired? That's my big question. Yeah. I mean, I think the short answer is yes, just because you heard the same stuff coming out of Seattle with Russell Wilson and then calmer heads prevailed. Seattle realizes they can't get enough for him in a trade, you know, nowhere near equal value. And then, you know, conversations happen behind the scenes. You stroke the ego a little bit, you know, you say you're sorry, you know, with Russell Wilson's a little different. They, he decided to complain about not having enough protection and this and that Aaron Rodgers is pissed because they drafted a quarterback the year before. I mean, he in the first round. Yeah, Yeah. He needed weapons. And instead they went ahead and drafted a quarterback that, had to set him off, um, rightfully so. They they decided to, to say Jordan Love was going to be their heir apparent, thinking Aaron Rodgers was near the end, and then he won the MVP the following year because he's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And but he did need more weapons. Yeah. And yeah. like they don't, they, Green Bay has never given Aaron Rodgers a great team. They've either given him an inept defense, That's right, where he's had to carry everything with the offense. Or as he's, you know, as his career is kind of, you know, um, when I feel like they've never given him, you know, I know he has one great receiver, but he's never had like a really good offense. You know, they don't pay their running backs much. No, you know, they no. got Devontae Adams, but they have a bunch of secondary pieces besides that. They don't have big tight ends. They never have good enough defenses. So it's like they're, they've, they've wasted Aaron Rodgers' career. I know he's got one ring, but, you know, we complain as Jet fans that we don't, we're not good. Imagine having Aaron Rodgers for 14 years and only having one ring or whatever he's there for. It's true. So, but, but I do think they'll work it out because at the end of the day, who the heck are they going to trade Aaron Rodgers to get? They're the Green Bay Packers. They've had two quarterbacks in the last 30 years, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Unless they're going to make an unhappy quarterback for an unhappy quarterback swap between Rodgers and Wilson, like something like that, what, who are you getting for Aaron Rodgers? That's true. That's true. You know, so, so is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Packer? I'm going to say yes, and they're going to pay him like $45 million a year, and the money's going to make him say, all right, I'll stay. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really – because where, you know, where is he going to go? Like he wants to go to, the, he wanted to go to the Niners. I think that rumor was real, but now they just drafted Trey Lance number three. So don't get me started on that know. one. Cause I'm, I'm shaking my head with that. Trey, well, Trey you know Lance, what, North you know Dakota what those, so, a couple, a couple mm-hmm. other wrenches have been thrown into this one. Devonte Adams said that if, if uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves, he wants to leave. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Damn straight. If you're Devonte Adams, who the heck? Yeah, you want to leave with him. <laughs> of course. And then, you know, you know, 
big news coming out of the Packers front. They, they made a huge signing today because, you know, they have Jordan Love, who obviously is probably never going to be ready to be quarterback in the NFL. So they signed the great and inept Blake Bortles. So BB. good move on their part. That's all I got to say, because Blake Bortles is, I mean, he is, I mean, he's, he is like a true third string quarterback. If you ask me, I mean, really, really good. Hey, player. listen, don't knock Blake Bortles because the Jets backup quarterbacks, Captain James Morgan. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know. Right. I mean, at least they signed a guy that actually belongs in the NFL. I mean, we, you know, ca- the captain, right. I mean, I, I see him posing all the time with his leg up in the air, but that's it. I just, if I had one, one time, if we could get Joe Douglas on our podcast, my only question to Joe Douglas, Zach Wilson, Captain Morgan, and some other quarterback I never heard of. Joe, how do you feel about going 0-17 if Zach Wilson gets hurt? How is that possible? Joe, <laughs> Joe, every other NFL organization has a backup quarterback. Why do we have Captain Morgan? Better question, Joe. Why did Captain Why Morgan did get draft drafted? Him? <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> what's, what's I got to ask that. Wait, Let me ask you this, though. What's Captain Morgan's first name? What is his name? Uh, you don't even know what his first name is. Is it James? <laughs> I think it is James. Yeah. It is James, yeah. yeah. What yeah. school did he go to? Captain James Morgan. Uh, James Morgan? I think he went to like FIU or FLU or Florida Atlantic. I don't even Where did he know. go? I think it was somewhere in Florida, but I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's. Well, I was so I, startled when I heard that they drafted him that, yeah. Yeah, I I yeah. don't I don't know where he bottles his uh his secret formula. I Here, don't know. hold on. I'll tell you, I'll know. tell you in real time. James Morgan is an American football quarterback. No, he's not. He, yeah, FIU. He was an FIU Panther. Wait, FI isn't that take out, isn't that take out take out the I and that's what I feel about it. Isn't that the fast Fashion Institute University? Isn't that what that is? So like he could, he could sell uh, you me like a. He could sew me like a sweater or something. Florida International University Golden Panthers. <laughs> the first you know thing what? that the first thing that pops up when it says people also ask, is this D one or D two? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, we man. wasted the hundred and twenty fifth pick on him. By the way, I well maybe maybe they know something that we don't know. Like he's Joe Douglas's nephew. I don't know. I, I think know. that's what we're going to discover. That's his, that's we're going to discover uh, that Joe Douglas's niece marries this guy soon. And then it's going right. to go. And I'd be happy to find that out, by the way. It'd make me feel better. You know, if if there was a reason for it and we could say, ah, okay, that makes sense. You know, like like right. Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, you know, that makes sense. It might not be a good sense, but it at least makes sense. Yeah, this makes no exactly. sense whatsoever. Makes no sense or whatever. So, you know, what was interesting. I was I was watching TV the other day. And I'm turning on, I'm just flipping the channels and I see that there's a football game on and I'm like, what the heck is this? We're, we're in May. There's no football. So I decided to sit down and watch it. Right. And it turns out it's the spring league. Have you even heard of the spring league? It's like, yeah. it's like the next in line of, I don't even know all, you know, like the last couple of years, there's been all those leagues that have failed. You know, you've had in the past, you've had USFL, you've had the world football league in the seventies, you had the XFL. There was like the American football league. I don't remember what that one was. Uh, there was another one. And now you've got the spring league, which 
I mean, I guess they're doing something right. They did get an NBC contract. I mean, they're, you know, so I guess that's it. Or maybe just NBC can't win any other sports. So they decided to go with the spring league, but um, you know, it's, it's meant like all the other ones to be a springboard for the NFL, which is great. And I think there's probably some guys there that will end up going to the NFL. But my question is this, how good could this NFL development league be when the biggest name in the spring league is Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. That's the biggest name in the league. Ryan Mallett. He's the like old, virtually one of the, the only old ones Arkansas that I knew. Razorback. The old yeah. Arkansas Razorback. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that tells yeah, this, you, but this that's is going to fold up faster success. than a, this is going to fold up faster than Vince McMahon's XFL. Yeah. Yeah, it, it very well could. I, I don't know. I mean, listen, they they keep trying these leagues and they keep failing. So, you know, what makes if they want to have different? an exciting if they want to have an exciting spring league that a few people will tune into, they should just have a league that looks like the Nickelodeon game. Remember when they showed the Nickelodeon playoff game, the Saints versus Bears on Nickelodeon? Have some crap fall out of the sky and land on a guy. Have the end zone be filled with like jello. Like put a giant Oreo cookie at the 50 yard line. Like just have it be a scrum, a free for all. That's what I want to say. That's, that's what I want to say. I want to see obstacle courses in the middle of the field. Oh, I like that. Have to jump on a rope and start flying in the air to catch a pass. <laughs> like that's the only shot a sport, a football alternative is going to work. Give me something goofy. That's totally goofy on purpose. Well, you know, the, the, and the crazy thing about it is that, that part of, uh, of the league is they're not playing in front of any fans. And they, they made it a point to announce that. And I'm thinking to myself, it's because you don't have any fans. So you're going out of the way to not embarrass yourself because let's be honest, who's going to that game? I mean, nobody is, is that hard up for, for, for that kind of football, you know? I mean, listen, I'm a diehard football fan too. I know you are. You really want to go to a spring league game so that you can watch Aaron Mallett, uh, Ryan Mallett throw a touchdown pass? Come on. No, no. So No, but I would like to get have... James Morgan in those games soon. I'd like, like to get Captain Morgan. Why isn't Morgan James with... Morgan on a roster? You know, I mean, I'd like to see At what this guy can practice. do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, sorry, I know. James. If you're, if you're checking out the uh, podcast, we're sorry. But we haven't seen you play football yet. And we were a little startled I, I, by the draft pick. Yeah, we have no idea, but his his. I mean, he, you know, he's he's good behind the bar. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> the another thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, DK Metcalf. You know, I'm like I, I like love that guy. Oh, he's just it's your boyfriend. You know, I know. Oh. He his his body fat is even less than mine. You know, I'm at like twenty percent. He's at like three percent. So, um, the guy is just he's six three. He weighs two thirty. He decided that he's fast enough to be in the Olympic 100 meter dash trials. And let's be honest, man, the guy is super fast. He ran a he ran a 10.39, which is really impressive. Unfortunately, that was 17th out of 20 people that ran it. So he did beat three other guys, which is great. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, he ran a 10.39. The guy that that finished first ran a 10.11. So in in running, I mean, you think about that and you're like, okay, it's 0.28 of a second. In in the 100 meter dash, I mean, that literally is the difference in first place and 17th place. You know, it's it's like, and, and 
and a quarter of a second is really, I mean, you know, the guy who had a big lead over, over our man DK, but, but you got to be impressed with the showing nonetheless. I mean, no, none of the guys that he was racing against were six, three, two thirty. I mean, this guy is just, just a monster, an athletic machine like Vernon Golston, except Absolutely. he's good. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So I thought, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was, that was really interesting. And um, a couple other things that I wanted to, to just mention to you really quickly was what I want to mention is, and I know we don't talk about basketball too much, but I want to talk about Russell Westbrook. You know, I mean, I can remember growing up and, and following basketball and, and I always believed that, you know, that one of the, the greatest seasons of all time was that Oscar Robinson season, Oscar Robertson, when he averaged a triple double, you know, and, you know, and then Westbrook did it and it was like, oh my God, Westbrook just did it. And I don't know if people realize this, but he's about to do it for the fourth time. <laughs> and, you know, to me, you know, when you look at that, I mean, I mean, we know how difficult it is to do. I mean, to do it four years, uh, three in a row is, is just incredible. I mean, I mean, what do you think about that? And, and where do you think that, that, puts Russell Westbrook overall in the scheme of things when it comes to greatest basketball players. Russell Westbrook. It's a a, a tough question because the guy's never won, but he is just a stat machine. Yeah, no, he's definitely a stat machine. He he 100% is a stat machine. Um, I am the, I am, I was a very big Russell Westbrook fan early in his career. And then because he played so hard and he always played like a thousand percent. So I always respected him and I was just in a league that people take nights off. He never did. So I loved him early in his career. And then I found him so nauseating because he never could figure out how to make like even a 12 footer. He's such a bad shooter. And he and his zero to one hundred miles per hour game, he always looked like a horrible half court player, and therefore yeah. he wasn't a good playoff guy at all. Like I just feel like he stunk in the playoffs. So sure. I kind of went back and forth with Russell Westbrook. Now is he's now amazingly only thirty two years old, even though I feel like he's been in the league for a thousand years. Um, yeah. yeah you got to appreciate just the crazy stats he puts up. I mean, he does, he puts up crazy stats and he's at a point now where it made me look, he's averaging eight and a half assists, seven and a half rebounds and 23 points for his career. Um, I don't think, you know, when you think of greatest players, he's going to be ever in that company, but I think he's going to smash some records that'll never be broken. And he's, going to be a unique player that you talk about in terms of like he's a point guard but he's he's more than that and i could see people putting him in the top five point guards of all time i mean i could he's not my type of point guard necessarily like i mean i'm going to be a jason kidd fan i'm going to be an isaiah thomas fan you know i'm going to be a stockton fan probably over him but can't argue with what the dude's done crazy career yeah, I mean, when I when I look at that, and I'm really not a fan of his either. I look at him, and he just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know. Maybe he just looks egotistical. I don't know what it is with this guy, but 
the the numbers are the numbers and the fact of the matter is i mean he's a 6-3 guard that you know that gets i mean he gets 10 assists he gets 10 rebounds i mean what what guard gets 10 rebounds a game i mean it, it just it, it doesn't happen so yeah. i mean this guy maybe he just has a, a nose for basketball he just knows where the ball's going to be and he just he just gets there i i don't really know but to me if you're going to average a triple double for a season every season he does that he should be in the mvp discussion and he's not because it's like we've almost it's almost like okay oh He's averaging a triple double again. I mean, nobody really even talks about it anymore because it's like, ah, oh, it's just Wessel, Russell Westbrook. He that's just what he does. But yes, you know, it was done. It, you know, but in the history of the of the NBA, it's been done one time before he did it four. I mean, it, it's a remarkable feat. It's one of those things that truly, truly amazes me. And 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 I feel like I feel like when it comes down to it, when all is said and done, I think that he's going to go down as probably the most underappreciated basketball player ever that's kind of how i see it just because of of what he is able to do that just nobody else does nobody else has been able to do this and uh yeah. and, and so you know it, it 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 amazes me that this that they're not talking about this guy as the mvp every year but the only thing that i like i said that i can think of is that he just does it and it's just not even a big deal anymore because him but if anybody else did it it would be a big deal but nobody else is doing it yeah and nobody's really close so, to it so anyway, anyway, let me let me ask you a uh, let me ask you a question. So you're a you're a multi-billionaire, okay? You're worth you're you're worth uh, let's say you're married and your spouse is worth like a hundred billion dollars, and you've been married for twenty-seven years, and you decide to get a divorce, all right? To escape the media and and just to kind of get away from it all, what do you do? Do you go to uh, an island off the coast of Grenada? And rent that island at one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars a night just to get away from it all. I mean, is this is this something that's commonplace for people that have, you know, one hundred twenty billion dollar net worth? Um, are you referring to Bill Gates? I'm referring to the soon-to-be ex Mrs. Gates that has decided to spend some time uh, renting her own private island. To get away from all the media, like I said, one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars a night. I mean, well, I guess Mrs. she got far Gates. enough away from good. it, but <laughs> good for you, Mrs. Gates. <laughs> and it's uh, it's funny because I don't know if you've been have you been reading about Bill Gates. I mean, it they've been saying all kinds yeah. of really weird things about the guy. I don't he all the things that they say. You look at him and you're like, no, no, he's not. He's not. You know, some kind of horny old man i mean just he's just just doesn't look like him. he's a computer nerd i mean that's what he looks like so um were you were you surprised to to hear that that they're getting divorced after 27 years of marriage and allegedly no prenup not surprised you're not surprised have you heard of have you heard of any any couple staying married ever uh yes yes but uh, and I guess Trish. when you have that much money, you just, you just you just don't care. I know. Uh, I guess I yeah. guess you just don't care when you got that. I mean, and look at Bezos. I mean, the richest man in the world. You know, he got he got he had a big divorce too. It's funny because he I think he gave her in the settlement he gave her like thirty five billion dollars, and he's still the richest man in the world. I mean, it's like wow, wow. And speaking of I uh, Jeff, I Bezos, can't wait in five years for Mrs. Bezos and Mrs. Gates buying. 10 or 20 countries for the hell of it. 
<laughs> or maybe the Jets. Let's <laughs> have them by the Jets. But uh, it's interesting because I was reading about Jeff Jeff uh, Bezos today. He is actually uh, he's actually building or whatever a five hundred million dollar yacht. Did you see that? It's wow. it's actually yeah. it's actually longer than a football field. And uh, it actually, it's so big that it ha- it has to have its own mini yacht in case they want to get off of the yacht. Basically, I think he's just building a cruise ship for himself. I mean, I, mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, over 300 feet long, like, like, I mean, are you just doing it because you can? I mean, is that the reason? I mean, what's the point of building a 300 foot long boat? You know, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, like, when is enough? Is it, when is enough enough? Yeah, you know, and I, I, I mean, he and he's just I mean, he's making more and more money all the time. I can't wait to see what how much he's going to make this year. I mean, last year, I know he made a truckload. He's going to make a truckload this year. I mean, what 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 tells the point? I mean, I, I guess it comes to the point where you have so much money. It's like, what the heck am I going to do with all this money? I might as well just right, basically yeah. piss it away, yeah. you know? I mean, what let me ask you this. If you if you were if you were him, let's say you were worth a billion dollars. And you had to make one big purchase. What would be your first really big purchase that you would make if you were a billionaire? A billionaire. Yeah. Not if even I was a billionaire. billionaire. Yeah, I mean, if I was a billionaire, I think I would try to own a sports franchise. That's what you would do. That, yeah, that seems to make sense. I I thought you were going to say you were going to uh, you were going to paint your face orange and run for president. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, you know what? One, one last one last thing that I wanted to mention that I that I totally forgot about was I don't know if you saw this today, but did you read anything about the Oakland A's? Oh, the Oakland A's potentially relocating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I heard that uh, that's been going that, on for years. They want out of that. They want they wanted that stadium to be uh, they renovated. Want, yeah, they want a new stadium there. Yeah, yeah. Or or a no, new they, stadium and the and the city wouldn't do it. So Yeah, yeah. I heard they have a nice piece of land like picked out like overlooking the water and everything. But um, you know, they Oakland has already lost the Raiders. They lost uh there was another um oh maybe that was the only team they lost. Oh no, no, Golden State I think was in Oakland and then they moved to San Francisco. So now you're talking about that. So I, I wonder if there's just a, a, an issue with Oakland. I guess Oakland is just not a sports town, but I think baseball is kind of saying, hey, you need to start looking around. I think baseball jumped in to try to put pressure on the city of Oakland to get that new stadium. And they're like, hey, you desperately need a new stadium. I don't know why anybody would need a new stadium, but um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. And one of the places that that they're potentially talking about going that would make sense is Las Vegas. Supposedly, that's uh, actually a decent sports town. I don't know how, but you know, I would love to is. see if Major League Baseball if Major League Baseball is going to relocate a team. I would love them to put a team in Nashville. You think? You think that's a big enough market? I mean, I guess oh, they have a football know. team. I mean, exactly. If they have a football team, it's a big enough market. But will they support a baseball team too? I mean, I don't know, but I think that'd be a good city to have it. Um, Vegas, we'll see, maybe. 
I mean, it's it's interesting when you think about it. You know, when you think about like let's say expansion, you're talking you're talking about any league with expansion. You know, when you look at all of the biggest cities, I mean, they pretty much all have teams already. I mean, what what are what what's a really big city that doesn't have a sports team? You know, I was thinking about uh, that. I mean, you mean you mean a baseball team? Baseball team. You know, may, maybe. I mean, maybe Nashville. Nashville's decent size. Charlotte's decent well, no, size. These are not huge. Char- teams, Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte could have a baseball team. It could. I. I. Right. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you look at all of the really all the biggest cities in the country, they all have, they all have teams. I'm just curious yeah, if yeah. there's a if there's what you refer to as a really big size city that doesn't have a a baseball team. You know, that's what I was kind of that's what I was kind of thinking about. You know what. What are some big cities that don't have a team? And when you're looking at population-wise, I mean, the the biggest ones pretty much all do. You know, I can't. You don't want to see this. You don't want to see the Salt Lake City Oakland A's. <laughs> the Salt Lake City A's. What about the Honolulu A's? Hey, I bet you, you know? a lot of people would want to go out there for a road trip. But you know what else was funny? They they were actually talking about a list of uh, of some of the some of the cities that Manfred had named two of them were in Canada. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I was going to say, I mean, is Montreal going to get a team again? They were talking about Montreal again, but I mean, Montreal left for a reason. And then they were talking about, I want to say, uh, what was the other one? Um, not Winnipeg, but, but someplace all the way. Ontario. The Northeast. So, no, 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 not into, not, uh, Ottawa. Ontario. Um, no, no, no. That's in the in the center. It's it's all the way. It's on the west coast. I can't remember for the life. Oh, of Vancouver. It is, but Vancouver. There you go. Thank you. They're talking about Vancouver. Um, and I I don't know. I I don't know about putting another team in in Toronto. I mean, I I I fully would have expected the Blue Jays to come back to the United States before I would think there would be another team in in Canada. Just seems like it seems like unless they're playing on an ice field, there's just not going to be enough interest, <laughs> you know? And I mean, could you imagine yeah, playing I mean, baseball on the ice field? That ball just keeps going. Yeah. I think Charlotte or Nashville are probably the two places. Um, that makes sense to me. Uh, Vegas. I mean, I guess, I mean, they're, they're doing, you know, football's there now. So football and, uh, and they have a hockey team too. Oh, that's true. So, you know, yeah. You might as well, and there's a there's a WNBA team in Las Vegas, so you might as well throw a baseball team in the mix too. I but uh, it gets really hot out there, so I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But let's let's end it on a positive note, man. Tell us tell us about your uh, your Mother's Day. Did did Raina have a nice Mother's Day? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we we um, Saturday we we celebrated a little bit with my parents and we did just uh, went to my sisters and just hung out because Sunday is just a travel baseball day there. And so, um, no, but what we did was uh, we organized a mother's day tailgate party. So we had a bunch of food and got some tables, got to the game early and the uh, ladies had a nice, uh, Nice little toast, add a little champagne and, and orange juice, made some nice little drinks and uh, just had a good time with it. So we figured the game was happening anyway. So we made it a fun day. And then 
we came back nice. home and cause the game ended pretty early. We came back home and, uh, and just hung out and relaxed. It was, it was, it was a weird mother's day here because it was beautiful early in the morning and then got cold and like cloudy. So we, we kind of just hung out around the house, but how about yours? Yeah. Uh, it was, it was good. It was good. It was just, it was the same old, same old, um, you know, we made the girls made Trisha breakfast and, uh, and I was, uh, I, I surprised her by getting her the gift that she told me to get her. So that was nice of me. And, uh, <laughs> and then we went out, we, we went out for dinner, uh, and Trisha was pleasantly surprised at the place we went, but I got to be honest with you. I, I thought that mother's day was, was a week later. So I, I, I forgot to make a reservation. So this was really like the only place I could get a reservation. Uh, and she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so I'm going to be okay. She won't know. Um, but it actually worked out really well. It was a really nice meal. It was in a really great area. And, uh, and, and it was, it, it all worked out in the end. Now, Father's Day, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, they, they better go all out because, I mean, the fathers are the backbones of this society and we need to be treated with a certain amount of, of respect. So, exactly. so I'm, I'm hoping that it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. So Good that's, luck. uh, Oh, come on. Yeah. Knowing me, she'll be falling asleep again and then she'll wake up at that part and she'll start screaming at me again for no reason, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so that's great. Listen, I know this, this kind of went a little bit long, but I think we, we knocked off everything that I wanted to talk about today. So, so good man, good man. Hey, congratulations. I didn't even say it. This was episode number 50. So we actually hit 50. So congratulations, my partner in crime, Mr. Phil Calise. Yeah, you got to do it the other way because it's backwards. So you got to go. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, I can't do that sign. Yeah, there you go, 50. I'm 50, 5 That's right. That's right. Let's go. So my wow, man, 50 episodes uh, in the book. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I know we wanted to, we wanted to have a special about some, uh, some horse racing and I know there's a couple other big events coming up. So hopefully before one of those events, we can get uh, our old friend of the show, Paul to come on. And, uh, and then money Mark is going to come back on. He's going to talk to us a little bit about crypto. I'm, uh, I'm invested in crypto and fortunately I keep making money, but I have no idea anything else about it besides the fact that it makes me money. So, um, looking forward to that. And, uh, hopefully we got some other, other good topics. I don't know. Is there anything coming up in the sports world in the next week or so? Anything interesting? Um, well, we got NBA coming down the wire. Um, okay. NHL, NBA coming down the wire. Baseball's just kick, we gotta, just kicking off. We got to. Uh, I, I you need to start looking up NHL, and uh, and we need to have an NHL special, an NHL playoff special. You don't think? Uh, yeah, pick the team from Canada. That's the special. See you next time. <laughs> Whichever team nothing. has more Canadians is going to win. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. But uh, good show, my man, as always. I appreciate everybody, yeah. uh, everybody listening. Keep following us. Like us. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your family. You don't want to miss it. Hey, you know what? Even great gift for Father's Day. Father's Day, give them the gift of filling the mic. It's it's. It's not going to cost you anything, and it will definitely make uh, any other man in your life very excited because, I mean, we are just a couple supremely, not only really good looking, 
but supremely knowledgeable when it comes to sports and we just have a good time. So uh, definitely join us. Absolutely. And be careful when you order guacamole that if they don't have the small cup, you just walk away, you take your quesadilla and go home and you live to, to fight another day. So, you know, I still can't believe that happened, but thanks for bringing that up. And, uh, and if, if you do see a cat on a leash, please make sure you take a picture of it and send it to us and, uh, and we'll get you on. But uh, have a great week, everybody. Absolutely. Great weekend. And we'll talk to you soon from Phil and the Mike. Take care, everybody. Thanks, my